Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Most of you know that we offer bonus episodes on both of our Patreon for both Pantsuit Politics and The Nuance Life. And we're about to release our March bonus episodes on Pantsuit Politics Patreon. We will be discussing the vaccine debate, including why I'm really scared to have this conversation. And I'm never scared to talk about anything about why I vaccinated on an alternate schedule. So we'll be talking about that on Pantsuit Politics Patreon and on The Nuance Life. We're going to be talking about the messy middle of marriage. We recently had a conversation about the messy middle of life and seasons with regard to Lent. And somebody asked us, could you explore more what you mentioned about the messy middle of marriage? So we're going to be talking about that on the bonus episode for The Nuance Life, which I'm sure our husbands are extraordinarily excited about. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Today on The Nuance Life, we are going to be sharing a commemoration that is in response to Sarah's church anniversary commemoration. And we're also going to commemorate spring and tell you a little bit about spring cleaning in our houses. Before we jump into that, I want to mention that we were on the podcast Mama Bear Dares this week. It was a really fun conversation about politics and our approach to politics, also about how being moms and women has influenced our approach. And so even if you aren't a regular Pantsuit Politics listener, I think you might find this conversation and their podcast really engaging. So Mama Bear Dares. Before we dive in, keep sending us your commemorations. We love to hear all the big, little, happy, sad, small moments in your life that you think are worth commemorating. So you can email those to either of us, Sarah at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com or Beth at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com. Rebecca emailed us following our discussion of your church anniversary, Sarah. And Rebecca has a story that I think so many people can relate to. She was very hurt by the church. She's a preacher's kid and lay leadership in the church and the denominational structure of the church created a lot of pain in her family, which resulted in a lot of baggage. And I loved what she had to say about it. As you were discussing the church as an institution, I started thinking about the distinction between the church as an institution and the church as the worldwide body of believers. This helped me realize that the church as an institution can sometimes be incredibly beneficial to and supportive of the church as the body of believers and can sometimes be incredibly hurtful and harmful, which in turn made me realize that probably because of my baggage, my goal in being part of church leadership is to make the institution helpful and not harmful. Yes, there are probably some other goals, but that's what it boils down to. That's not a new feeling, but I've never been able to put it into words before. And I think that being able to put not a new feeling into words is a commemoration in and of itself. I think we forget how powerful that can be for us, but I really loved the way that Rebecca is thinking about this. 
And I wish more people would have this aha moment. We had this conversation about political institutions with Ralph Northam and the blackface controversy, which is with every decision, ask yourself, am I building trust in this institution or am I decreasing trust in this institution? Which is basically what she's saying. Am I making it helpful or am I making it harmful? I think we could do that with public school. We could do that with churches. We could do that with government. We could do that even as parents. Am I building trust or am I decreasing trust? Am I being helpful? It's like sort of the do no harm of the medical community. It's a good pledge to use as your North Star. As a part of my coaching work, I frequently have conversations with people who are like, should I leave my job? Right. And especially people who have something going on at work that's really, really bugging them. And it's kind of this one thing that gnaws at them that makes them want to leave. And something that I have told lots of people is that I think it's important to think about your institutional values and then your institutional behaviors as separate things. If you are not aligned with your organization's values, you have to leave. There is no way to stay. Behaviors are different, though. And with the behaviors, I think you need to look at which behaviors support our values. And again, if you can't get on board with those behaviors, then you need to go the behaviors that are supportive of the values. But you guys, we're all living in these organizations, whether they're churches or nonprofits or companies or firms that are just drowning in behaviors that have nothing to do with their values whatsoever, nothing to do with the mission, nothing to do even with the profit motive sometimes, right? We just have behaviors that establish themselves because we're people together and we're people together in structures where there's a lot of power at play. So you can have somebody really powerful in the mix who has a whole set of like weird preferences that feel kind of oppressive to other people. This comes up a lot around dress codes, for example, and working hours and FaceTime. And that stuff has nothing to do with the values of the organization or the mission the organization's there to fulfill. So those are the things that I tell people, if you are aligned with the mission and you are aligned with the behaviors that support the mission, and it's just this set of behaviors that have nothing to do with the mission that are bugging you, take a run at changing those. Now, you might not be successful and you might ultimately need to leave, but those are the ways that we can help each other better by taking a run at changing those. And I think that's what Rebecca is saying. In a church, we're doing all kinds of things that have nothing to do with God. And so those of us who see that really clearly, I think it's good for us to take a run at changing that stuff. I think our culture overall is understanding the negative impact with regards to our institutions, with regards to our relationships, with regards to lots of decisions we make where we are driven to consume instead of driven by intention. And what I mean is when you were talking about the behaviors, I think in so many institutions, we have behaviors that don't align with the values. And because we're a consumer culture, we think we should just add more behaviors. We want the solution, the next big fix, instead of doing the hard work of reflecting on behaviors we need to undo, of decisions we need to undo, of behaviors we sort of need to discard. I mean, it's like not to always talk about Comrie, which I'm sure we're going to talk about even more in the next segment. But I mean, I think that's what she hit so well is this idea of you're not always going to be able to buy something or add something or do something new and move forward in a like sort of a fresh direction and fix a problem. Sometimes you need to dial back in to what's motivating you, which I don't think we do either, and see what you need to get rid of. 
What's not sparking joy? What behavior, what process, what institutional practice is not aligned with that intention? I mean, sometimes we don't even know what the intention is. That's a bigger problem. And I feel this in myself. I always want to do something new and, and find a new solution and something fresh and exciting as opposed to really assessing what's in front of me and undoing and breaking down some of those old processes. That is the essence of diversity. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Inclusion work in organizations. We have a problem. Let's throw some money at it. Let's bring in some trainers. Let's start a mentoring program. Let's do, do, do. And a lot of times it's the undoing that is where the significant transformative work is. It's it's saying, what do we do today? And that's where things like a dress code can be really significant. What are we doing today that keeps people from really bringing their best work here? What are we doing today that prevents connection? There are so many ways in which I think that Rebecca's approach to church applies way outside of church. And what you just said about subtracting instead of adding goes along with Rebecca's commemoration about being able to put this into words, that I've, I've known this for a while, but now I can put it into words. It's so true. Our sponsor for today's episode is a company we have both fallen in love with. It's called Beauty by Design. Look, I get decision fatigue and I'm very intimidated by skincare. So the beauty of this company is you get your own personal esthetician to help you make decisions about skincare. I can't, they even text you. It's amazing. Yeah, they diagnose your skin for only $15. They curate an assortment of products which are vegan, cruelty-free, and natural. And in under two minutes, you start to answer some questions, send a makeup-free selfie, and you get this advice from a person in real time. Oh, it's amazing. They even like, they'll say, what are you using now? Text me a picture of what you're using now. Okay, what does that product do to your skin? I'm so embarrassed that it took this esthetician for me to realize, oh yeah, when I cleanse with oil, I wake up super greasy in the morning. <laughs> but sometimes you just need an outside expert to really help you assess things. I'm really loving Beauty by Design because it's not a subscription service. You're not locked into anything. You get to order the products you need when you need them and shipping and returns are always free. They have thousands of product combinations and your esthetician can help you choose to make sure that your skin is getting exactly what it needs. My skin needed serum. This was news to me. If you are like me and you feel overwhelmed by skincare options and are looking for beauty products that are healthier, more natural, and perfectly tailored to your skin, we can't recommend Beauty by Design enough. To experience the world's most personalized skincare, go to beautybydesign.com life and use the promo code life. First time customers get 20% off. That's beautybydesign.com life and use the promo code life to get 20% off. A big thank you to Beauty by Design for sponsoring the Nuance Life. Spring has sprung, Beth. 
I'm ready for it. Bring on spring. I appreciated you, winner. Thank you for your service. It's time for spring. Thank you and goodbye. Have you ever heard the Indigo Girls song, Southland in the Springtime? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I just sing it in my head the next few days. Look, my area of the country really shows up and shows out for spring. We have dogwoods. We have Bradford pears. We have cherry blossoms, daffodils. I have tulips coming down, and it just... I love it so much. Well, I did not intend to kick off my spring cleaning this weekend, but I had a sick three-year-old and I was starting to feel like a prisoner in my own home and decided I had to do something productive. I get so itchy when I can't go anywhere and she just couldn't. I mean, bless her heart. She was so sick. So we had to be here. We had to be here in our pajamas. It really had to be me. You know, she loves her dad, but she wants to snuggle with me when she's sick. She's still little, little like that. And so here we are. And Chad went to the grocery store, brings groceries home, and he has like five boxes of crackers. And he said, I mean, they were on sale and I thought cheese and crackers would sound really good to her since she's not feeling well. And I was like, yes, but come with me to our pantry and let me show you how many crackers we already have. And this led to me completely reorganizing my entire kitchen. I mean, very few things are where they were before. I'm sore today from my kitchen work. But it was a good jumpstart to spring cleaning. I love spring cleaning. I talked about on Pantsy Politics that I spent like five hours online shopping for couches. I bought two couches. It's not just even the cleaning. I just want to recover, redecorate, repaint, move every piece of furniture, redo every bookshelf. Like I want every, I want my entire house to look new. I mean, I think part of this is, you know, we moved into our house a little over a year ago, and we filled it really well, and we kind of made do with what we had because we bought a house. We didn't have a lot of money for new things. And now I'm just kind of assessing and realizing how some of the furniture really doesn't work in the space. And now that we've lived in this house a while, it's not working. I mean, like I do kitchen cabinets. That's my favorite thing to reorganize because I just think as you live and move and work in your kitchen, it changes. You know, I needed things in different places when I was doing bottles. I need things in different places now that I work from home. Like you have if you are, if your kitchen cabinets, if nothing in your kitchen cabinets has moved in the last 10 years, I mean, you're living a lesser life. I'm just going to be really upfront with you. You need to think about how you're living in your kitchen and move all the things. One, because it makes your life better, and two, because it is an insanely gratifying process. We're past sippy cups now, and I got so much space back. I was like reclaiming my cabinets, reclaiming my cabinets. Felt so good. That's how I did with my yard. I cut down wisteria for like so long yesterday because our house was not lived in for 15 years, and so there's an empty lot behind us covered in Chinese wisteria, not the pretty purple kind. Don't email me. I'm not missing out. Believe me. And it just creeps and creeps and creeps. I mean, it was probably a solid 15 to 20 feet into our property line. So we have to like push our yard back and it exacted its revenge. As I went out there one last time, it whipped me and scratched my eyeball. I'm fine. But just the, the yard work and the how do I want to move everything? What do I want to get rid of? I mean, it's just like a driving force I feel right now. It's like I, I'm powerless in the face of it. I can't fight it. I live tweeted my kitchen cleaning because it just made it a little bit more enjoyable for both me and my husband as we are spending this day unintentionally in the throes of our kitchen. For any reason to perhaps let Twitter 
weigh in on any marital disagreements about the best path forward. I did not use it that way. I did not. What was so great for both of us is like I would tweet something and then Chad would see it and just start cracking up. And it was like it brought some lightness to the situation. But I wanted to share this tip that someone pointed out would be a good tip for the nuanced life, which is I've started just storing things together if I use them together. To your point, if you don't do this, you're living a lesser existence. And the biggest place that I've noticed this, I've shared this before, is in my spice cabinet. I group my spices by what I typically use together and sit them down in little containers. So I just get one box out at a time and I've got all my Italian spices there together, right? And then I put the box back in the cabinet and it stays really organized. So I've taken this approach elsewhere and <laughs> a shot glass survived my purging, even though we never drink in our house ever, because the shot glass is the perfect size to get your super cold water when you're making a pie crust. And so I just stored my shot glass in my pie pan. So it's all there together. But somebody was like, do you mean to tell me that I've been carefully measuring out 10 ounces? By, you know? <laughs> yes. Just get a shot glass and fill it up with the super cold water from the refrigerator and you got it. Let me tell you, if I go to your house and I have to walk away from your coffee maker to get the coffee cups, I'm judging you. I'm just going to be really upfront about it. They should go together. It's all about ease of movement. Although I have shared with you that Conmarie's, there's two Conmarie books, right? There's the first one. And then she has the second one, which I think is much better because in the first book, she just says kimono. Okay. That's a huge category. I need more guidance, Marie Kondo. So in the second book, she breaks down the kimono category with great detail and illustrations. And I think the section on the kitchen is so good because she talks about so many of the tips and tricks you read about kitchens is make sure it's easy to get to. That is bad advice, people. Marie Kondo says, and I think this is totally true, it's not about how hard it is to get out or put up. It's about how hard it is to clean up. Because in a kitchen, you have to wipe stuff down constantly. I have to wipe my cabinets, like the front of my cabinetry off regularly because it gets so nasty. And so like particularly countertops, I've Instagrammed about this. I redesigned my entire kitchen so that nothing is on my countertop, not my coffee maker, not my microwave, no mixers, nothing. I have these giant cabinets that surround my refrigerator with pullouts so that I, that holds all my appliances because when there's nothing on the cabinet, I can clean wipe off my entire kitchen countertop in like two and a half minutes. It's changed my life. It has changed my life. That's really good. I also love containers within containers. So I like in my pantry to have like lots of my, our girls love granola bars. I hate that. I'm embarrassed about it. It's just where we are. So I like to have all the granola bars in a basket, right? Instead of in granola bar boxes. I mean, my kids will run through a box a day. Like I they, know, I, I can't afford it. It's ridiculous, but they love them. So we have that. But I also, in my purse, I like to have tiny bags within my bag, right? I have a little bag that has lipstick in it, a little bag that has pins in it. Chad and I have some philosophical differences about this that have culminated in me putting our oatmeal and peanut butter and cinnamon, which is what we use to make our oatmeal every morning together in a box. I also put my vitamins in there so I can just slide the box out every morning instead of getting these individual containers. He thinks this is a lot. I'm telling you, I think this is the way forward. I think this is the right way to do this. But we'll get there together. I told him, we will get through all of this. Just step one is admitting that we have a cracker problem. We do. <laughs> 
oh, my husband too with the, we need them. We should buy them. They don't go bad forever. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, I want Abok. Also, you know why this upsets me is because I like to finish things. So I can't feel like I've reached the completion of the cracker box or feel good about it because my kids have most likely already opened another box because you bought five. No, of course. That's the situation in my house. I poured out so many half-eaten boxes of Wheat Thins and Triscuits and Club Crackers. But they're gone now, and things feel lighter and better, and it feels spring has sprung in my kitchen because of this work. So, hooray. Well, we love spring, clearly. I'm not done here. I'm sure you're not done. I'm not done with spring. But we thought we would commemorate the kickoff. Make sure and send us any other commemorations you have in your own personal life. We will be back here next week with more commemorations. We will be on Pantsuit Politics on Friday, talking about the five things you need to know about criminal justice reform, and then with an extended conversation on Tuesday about our thoughts on criminal justice reform. So if that's a topic you're interested in, head on over to Pantsuit Politics. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.